So I have actually a really funny story about this kid named Bobby James. Uh, when I was a kid, he put, and like, I remember like you're laughing. It was like one of those times that like I've ever heard like nervous laughter. Yeah. Like the yeah. first time I'm like, Oh man, we're in trouble, but we're trying to like, then like we're not, uh, Bobby, we were messing around as kids and we were playing with Lincoln logs and he had a barrel, like a wooden barrel for Lincoln logs. And, uh, he joking around, he put it on his head. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it was, like, like resting on his head snug. And then it, like, just slid past <laughs> and, like, went right down. And we were both, like, <laughs> he's, like, hey, look at me. He's, like, playing around. He's, like, all right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. It won't come. And it would not come off his head. And he it was, was covering his whole face. Oh, his whole head. Oh, that's freaky. It's straight yeah. down. That's so terrifying. then uh, I remember he was, like, you got to help me. You got to help me. So then I started hitting it. <laughs> with a uh, remember you know those like little those little <laughs> break, break it, it. <laughs> exactly how it was yeah. I was like talk to Ryan Shader yeah. for not even what twenty yep. minutes yeah break you already know that about him. he breaks things <laughs> that is his solution to I was like is it does it can it be broken it will be broken <laughs> I will fucking break it and that was the thing he had it stuck on his head and he's like crying. And he's like, I can't get all you got to get. So I tried pulling it. I tried like, you know, like shaking it like it would be a thing. But like, really, I'm just shaking around a boy's head. We're just like getting his eyes like, oh, I think you got to kind of like crack it. And I was like, no problem. So he had this like Phillies carnival bat. Yeah. And I was like, all right, ready? I was like, one, two, three. And like I did it. But like, I, you don't know like how hard you're supposed to hit something like that. You don't know. And I know I when I hit it, it sounded like a drum. And I know I was hitting the crown of his head, like right on the top of it. And it must have been so loud because he was just screaming the whole time. So then I'm like hitting the side of it, hitting the side of it, trying to break it. He's like, no, you can't use the bat anymore. So like he laid down on the floor and I like kicked it while this barrel was stuck on his head. Did you stomped him? You no, I didn't, I didn't curb stomp. I thought about like maybe elbow dropping off the bed because that would be the best way to go. But like I was like kicking it and then his mom came in and he like he's crying while like some of the wood is broken and she had to unscrew. There were like small little brackets around the metal parts of the barrel <laughs> that she had to unscrew and I just sat there while he cried while she did it, calling both of us stupid. The whole fucking yeah. time. Like, yeah. we were the dumbest children on the planet. It's just... like, you either unscrew it or curve stop. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, I don't know what to do. And she's like, why didn't you come get me? I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, he didn't want to get in. Like, you know how sometimes you get hurt as a kid and you don't want to tell your parents because you think you're going to get in trouble? Yeah. You yeah. just don't say anything? That yeah. was one of those times. <laughs> I think it's also because you don't want to be the dumbass to go to your mom and be like, Mom, I have a barrel <laughs> stuck on my head. <laughs> you don't want to be that person. Mom, don't panic. Look, it's me. <laughs> Just going down, going down with a barrel on your head like, mom, I know what you're thinking. There's got to be a time when like your parents look at you like I gave birth to that fucking idiot. For sure. That's the stupidest fucking person I've ever like that thing came out of my body. I think I think more so. I think your parents probably look at you more as like, I'm so sorry I gave him that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's like like everything that everything that has made me like. Like 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 drop my head or like uh-huh. tilt my head to the side that my son has done. Yeah, it's just like I I'm so sorry I genetically passed that on to you. Oh yeah yeah. But yeah. I also have to fucking yell at you for it because that's <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> I I gave you all of those traits to be so stupid. It's yeah. like one of those things. But it's also I think my mom and other parents that lived on that block like they were like 
apologetic that they gave us the thing thinking we were responsible enough to have it. <laughs> you know, like... Well, they gave you something with a head size shaped hole? Yeah, I mean, there's like, you won't put your head <laughs> I mean, in that. Why gonna, would he do that? What do you expect us to do? Why would you think he could do that? You didn't measure our heads before you gave us that? Come it's kind of like, you know, I think a buddy of mine, when we were kids, he also like... There was like kids on the block that parents were just way too trustworthy with their children. Like, you know, you ever meet a kid who's like, like eight or nine and has bottle rockets and you're like, how did you get those? And yeah. like, Who gave like my dad said we could have him. He came back from Mexico. I don't know. He just gave it to us like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. And that's a one way ticket to burning the woods down because yeah. you're an idiot. Yeah. And you just light them <laughs> off and throw them at things. Yeah. That's uh, I remember that kid. That <laughs> yeah. kid also had uh, uh, pink umbros. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just wore pink umbros all the time. <laughs> His name was Scott. Umbros <laughs> all the time. Umbros yeah. all the time. Yeah, I just remember he was always wearing umbros. Dude, there was a kid. There was a face. kid named EJ yeah. who wore. Uh, he was super skinny and frail, but he wore bicycle shorts. But yeah. they like hung off of him, yeah. and he just wore them all the time. It was the most unnerving thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think we're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Shannon, do you know what we do on this podcast? I do not. Okay, cool. Uh, so basically, everybody gets the same questions on this podcast. Fantastic. Right? So what we're doing is we're going to take you through the process of enlightenment so that we can learn everything we can from you. <laughs> so that Break we, it. So that we don't have I think we've already learned. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right, Cindy? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's see how this one fucking goes. So we're basically going to open up all your chakras, starting from the chakra, and work our way up. Wait, which one's my, f- which, which is the fun chakra? Which is the Oh, fun? we start off with oh, the good. fun chakra. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I would say, I would say the first chakra. I mean, they're all, yeah. they're all, they're all fun. fun. They're all fun chakras. Fun chakras. Some good time chakras. Sick. Dude, right? good time chakras. I've been to that massage. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking good time is all right. <laughs> Shocker till you drop you, dude. That's how it goes. Yeah, so I mean so that's basically what it is. We're, we're, the whole premise of this podcast is to prove prove that you can have like the, the basically the sense of humor that you have uh-huh. and still reach a higher consciousness. It's I'm, not it's not just left for the fucking nerds. I'm all about it. Right? I'm all about that. That's good. All right, cool. That's the type of stuff I need now. That's Hell great. yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, before we get into it, what we like to always do with everybody is we ask this question, which is, uh, Shaner, what situation or experience has given you the most information? The most information? Mm-hmm. Having sex with a chick on her period has given me the <laughs> most information that I've ever gained in one, in one moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> given me the most information. Okay. And I know that sounds like something cliche that I would say off the bat. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's I, really first a impression, good, so uh, like, okay. <laughs> having sex with a chick on her period. <laughs> Take a good gander at me. Come on. <laughs> uh, come on. Come I on. screamed <laughs> sex, period sex, dude. But I would say that was the most information. Not only did I get about a situation I had never been in before, and two human interaction with like a situation where two people have to be like got it like i mean that's where i learned a lot about myself too yeah about like how cool i can be in a situation that i don't know anything about because if you start having sex with somebody who's on their period and they don't tell you and you don't know yeah and you're like you look down and you see what's going on what's the first thing you would think of would you think period or you think you're something you have done wrong I, I I would well I don't break things as a standard, <laughs> so 
I don't I don't tend to defer to the idea that I broke something. That's a guilty conscience. <laughs> yeah, that might be. That's what it is. Yeah. That might be. I'm very I have a very guilty conscience. Yeah. If I looked like that's what happened too. And like I, I looked down, I was like, oh, and I think I said very quietly, like, oh no. <laughs> Wait, did I eat it too much? <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you that did I the, eat too much. <laughs> that right there too was I went I went down on this chick before we had sex. Yeah. So I was under the impression everything was cool. You, I didn't You coaxed I, the period out of her. I what I think I've I learned <laughs> also is you can jostle loose like if you're on your last little bit of the period or the period's about to start, you like bust the levee. Yeah. And then the fucking you know, the <laughs> it opens up. I didn't know that. I found that out that day. Yeah. I also found out <laughs> that periods, especially with certain people, can be either like they don't just start out light and then become heavy or they just they all they can they can all be it can be it can be heavy right off the bat. Like I didn't know that. I thought it was like a faucet that slowly turns on. I thought it was something like that. Were you like your bush doesn't care about black people? Uh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Katrina, it was a Katrina joke. I'll tell I'm you sorry. what. I did not see I did not I did not see I saw rioters down there. That's what I saw. Looters and rioters down there. I did not see people trying to survive. I, that's yeah. what I saw. So how did you two handle it? How did uh, you, uh, so when I looked down, I, I did say I was like, uh, oh, no. And she was like, what? And then I was like, I think there's a problem. And she looked down. She goes, and she like, you know, very quickly was like, stop, stop, stop. And I think what happened was when she said stop, I was under the impression that I had done something. Yeah. Like, oh, clearly I've ruined a vagina. Yep, I broke it. I <laughs> broke <laughs> this fucking vagina up. Part of me was like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking, that's what you do, dude. But later, like, you know, she like, she started getting embarrassed. And that's when I was like, I don't, I st she didn't say, oh, I was getting my period or, oh, I had my period or anything like that. She didn't say anything like that to the effect. I guess she just assumed I would know. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. So I just kind of stood there and she like went to the bathroom and I honestly stood in a room naked with like blood all over my dick, just like standing there in like mouth. Dude, yeah, I was just like, I looked up. Sad clown. I, I looked like fat ass from stand by me. I just had fucking pie eating face. And I just, I stood there. I was like, oh man, I'm in big. I honestly think like, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. Like, I'm, She's going to come back. Yeah. I honestly thought her figure. mom was going to come yeah. in and be like, what did yeah. you do? I was like, this is the barrel all over again. Yeah. This is bullshit. I knew it, man. I'm on candid camera now. This fucking sucks. But yeah, that was, uh, and then, you know, she came back in, she sat down and she was like almost mortified. And I yeah. felt bad because like, you know, if you're, if you're fucking somebody, the last thing you want to do is make anybody feel bad. I think that's like rule number one because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to make yeah. anybody feel bad for anything that they can't control. So like she sat down and she was like, oh, my God, I'm like, I guess blah, 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 blah. And she's like muttering to herself. And I'm still standing there like, are you can I go? What do I do? I don't know what to do. And then she was like, oh, yeah, you opened up like a uterine lining, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, I was like, so this is a period thing. She's like, yeah, sometimes this. And she gave me all of this, like, almost like a fucking after school special. <laughs> yeah. This is really the most information he's Dude. ever. And I was just like, and, but all at one time. Not the most information my whole life, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, all yeah, at yeah. one time, I was just like, what? I was yeah. like, I walked away feeling better about this situation. It's like, yeah. Hell yeah. A fucking star <laughs> flew over me, like, the more I know, dude, about periods. Yeah. No wonder you answered that question so fast. Yeah. <laughs> 
it was definitely. It makes sense I'll now. tell you, anybody who's ever been in this situation, who's like doesn't know what's going. You're like, oh, I, I honestly didn't know what had happened. I was like, did I hurt someone? Because yeah. if you see blood, your brain's like, well, clearly, I did something wrong. There's yeah. not so not usually supposed to be blood during sex. I don't. I don't think there is supposed to be, unless you're like, you know, two virgins and then you're rolling the dice. But this lady and me, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But <laughs> this, this lady and I were in, you know, she was 22, I was 23. And yeah. like, this is the first time I had, you know, so it was like, what the fuck's going on here? Hmm. That's pretty, uh, yeah. that's a, thank you. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Didn't, yeah. Didn't, didn't know. Yeah. So uh, how did you learn to overcome fear? How did I learn to overcome fear? What type of fear? Fear comes in certain ways. So, so this is your question. I, I don't. I you. However, the question hits you is the way you <sighs> answer. So I'm trying to think of like the scariest moment I've been in, and how did I learn to overcome that? Is uh, it somewhere between Barrelhead and no? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see, and there was blood. <laughs> Terrifying the whole time. <laughs> I have a terrifying life. I'm an everyman of fear, dude. It's crazy. Uh, I would say, like, uh, the way I've learned to overcome fear is, like, you know, is one accepting whatever's happening is happening. I think that's one way to look at, especially in a very scary situation. Especially if it's a situation that you cannot control. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to, like, I think the scariest situation that I, that I have never been in, but like, I know if I was in it, I would be like, I guess I have to just, whatever happens is going to happen. And that in my head is like being attacked by a wild animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're in the, especially an ocean, an aquatic animal where you're not designed to be in anyway, you're not designed to be in the ocean. We're fucking primates. We're fucking mammals. We're on the ground all the fucking time. We're land dwelling organisms. If we're in the water and a shark comes up to you, what do you think you're going to do? There's things you could try. Break it. Dude, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. Everyone says, like, I've, I've read up on it before. Go for the eyes. You're supposed to, like, thumb a shark's eye. At least get one. Because apparently a shark's uh, hunting is so vital. Its eyes are so vital to hunting. If you damage one, it'll, like, stop attacking you because it knows it needs the other. It'll, like, let you go. Or just like, ah, ah. Yeah, like, or like, yeah. they don't have Again, long enough yeah. like, to reach their eyes. They can't cover it. Oh, shit. I think it would be funny if like, you thumb a shark's eye. Like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dirty. But I think understanding a situation of, of just accepting fear, just be like, this is going to happen. This is scary. And I think, you know, getting over fear. Again, I think it's levels of things. Like, what may be scary to some. And I mean, I know people who are afraid of the dark and I've always been curious about like, why are you afraid of the dark? Especially as an adult. I know adults who are afraid of the dark and I've asked them like, what are you afraid of? It's like, it's not the dark that I'm afraid of. It's, I'm, it's afraid of what's in the dark. It's yeah. like, you know, we're in the living room, not Denang, dude. There's no fucking person in the dark or anything in the dark coming to get you. And I've often wondered what they, cause my y- younger brother is an adult man who's afraid of the dark. And you don't have any afraid of the dark fear? Afraid of, of in my own house? Yeah. No, not no. at all. You wouldn't run like, from your basement? Like, Do you have base, a basement? Yeah, basement? No, no, no. no. Never. <laughs> no, I mean, I did when I was a child. Yeah. 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 But like, I mean, as far as this. Have you had a basement as an adult? Yeah. I have a basement now. It wasn't scary? No. Down, did you go down in the basement in the dark? Yeah. Why? You're a creep, dude. Why do you do that? 
You're, you're what people should be afraid of in the basement. That's in the dark. also another way to get over fear. That's Maybe another, that's why that's another thing to get over. Become fear. the thing that should is, be feared. <laughs> like, what's the worst that could happen to me? I've also thought about this too. Is like when people talk about like, what if there's like a, a ghost in the basement? That's what everyone thinks. There's going to be like some sort of entity or ghost in the basement. I've also often believed that like, if a ghost approaches you and you're naked, it'll leave you alone. <laughs> Be creepier than like, a ghost. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Could you imagine a ghost coming up, like a Victorian, like dressed ghost, and you're half chub in the basement doing laundry? They're not fucking you with start you. Start jerking off. They're just gonna be like, "Whoa!" Like, look the ghost right in the eyes. It's like I'm glad you're off. here now. You better see some ectoplasm, baby. Like getting a boner in front of a ghost is the way to go. So, is there a situation that you can recall that 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 method is what turns you into dealing with fear that way? What getting a boner? Yeah, <laughs> just <chugging laughs> up, or just like 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 becoming what is feared? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, uh, what is uh, what which one situation comes to mind? Uh, so there was a time where I first moved to Philadelphia, and I had crashed at a friend's house off of Temple Campus, and I was like walking home. Mm-hmm. I decided I was going to walk through like a very shitty part of fucking Philadelphia. And everyone was like, you know, you're, you're going to get robbed or you're going to get jumped or something's going to happen. It's like, you know what? I have found like, and this is, I don't know if I'm going to not, I don't believe in knocking on wood. Cause again, I believe whatever's going to happen, happen. I have lived in Philadelphia for over 10 years and I have had a gun pointed at me four times, but I've never been robbed. <laughs> I've never been robbed. I've never been accosted and I've never been jumped. Yeah. And I think it's because when I walk around, how, how I carry myself is people are like that guy is going to rob or jump or accost me. <laughs> Wait, did you, when you were young, like, was there something that made you have this approach to fear? Because I feel like you're very much like things aren't going to scare me. I'm going to take control of my I life. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I, I would, I would say like growing up be uh, like, I guess I had like a, a a form of like a short man complex for the most. It was like I was a, I was a short kid. Yeah, I'm not a tall guy now, so it's more like the way I kind of carry myself is like, yeah, you could, you could do anything. To I, I like how you are a short kid, not tall guy now. I like no. that. I like the short kid. I'm not a tall guy now. I would never call myself a short man, Sydney. Fuck you, you son of a bitch. Thanks a lot. But I know I like no, that. No, no, I, I'm dude, glad yeah, you didn't yeah, call yeah, you. Yeah. You don't have to. That's fine. You don't have to. You can, I'm glad you. you I'm glad you took you my want. terminology, flipped it around, man. That's no, I didn't flip it That's around, fine. but I just I like that you That's fucking fine. you get to decide how you describe. Yeah, that. I'm dictating my fucking fear, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a tall <laughs> short kid. Not a tall guy. Not now. a tall guy. <laughs> I'm not a short guy. <laughs> Fuck you. God damn. Yeah, but I'm sorry. You you're not tall guy. I I think it's more like, you know, if you. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of look at like the way my mom, my, I was raised by my mom and I remember her telling me like, you know, she kind of set me straight. She's like, Ryan, you're not like the biggest kid. You're not a big, you're not a big kid. You will get picked on. Like there are going to be people bigger than you who will pick on you. She's like, the most important thing is like, you know, and so you're going to get in fights. Like mm-hmm. fights will happen. And my mom's advice is Ryan, lose if you can. No, no, lose if you must, win if you can, but always make them regret it. Mm. Always make them regret the day they tangled with you. And it doesn't matter, like, even if you lose, if you make someone have a permanent injury, Mm -hmm. they will tell other people, like, yeah, you could fuck with that person, but you will walk with a limp forever. (laughs) You could fuck with that person, but you will lose your finger. Have you you ever bit somebody in a fight? Have I ever bit somebody in a fight? Nah. (laughs) Okay. Andy's trying to get a read on you right now. (laughs) 
Wh- okay, what no, is no, no, this? no. It, I've never bit anybody in a fight, but I also have been in situations where like more than one person has wanted to fight me at the same time. Yeah. So let me, let me. I just have a quick thing I want to add real quick. So one time I was in Philadelphia. I was just on the streets of Philadelphia. I think I was talking to you on the phone, and um, all of a sudden you I saw just not a tall guy. <laughs> well, no, you I saw did. not a tall guy. I didn't see not a tall guy. Right. <laughs> what I felt was people party. You know, like all of a sudden, like like people on the street were parting and the parting was getting closer to me. Yeah. And the energy was so intense that I started to go in the opposite direction before I turned around. Mm-hmm. Like in case I had to run. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh. And it was it was Ryan Shaver. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Ryan. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. That is and I, I walked with you for a little bit. We walked. I like I walked with you for a little bit because I was like, I want to see. I want to feel. I want to be part of this intensity for a little bit. When see. the fuck was this? It was years ago. Jesus it was years Christ. Ago, you know. And uh, we like I walked like maybe like three or four blocks with you, and then I like turn around and go back because my car was in the other direction. Yeah. But it was just like. Did you enjoy the walk? Were you like, yeah? Yeah, I felt like I was walking with a pit bull. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt so safe in my I life. Think it's, <laughs> you know, my one boss, he had seen me walking. He's like, I used to walk to work a lot. And he's like, yeah, you look always like you're coming from or going to a fist fight mm. all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, that's kind of like another way of getting by, especially in a dangerous city where'd yeah. you grow up i grew up in spring city not far from sydney he grew up in pottstown spring city, spring yeah, we, city we're is like sister town yeah very oh, yeah. much yeah. so yeah, yeah, we yeah, both yeah. grew up in the mushroom cloud for the yeah. most part yeah, okay yeah. so it's like growing up there there wasn't a lot of like crime or danger for the most part but like when you move to philadelphia and the murder rate every year is just like over and over and over and over and over and everyone's like you know it like someone told me it's not it's not uh if it's a when something happens to you in Philadelphia. Yeah. And my ideology behind that is like, if it's going to be a when, like I dictate when, yeah. you know, well, I'll dictate. I will say this, this, this is a very important distinction because yeah, there wasn't a lot of like ridiculous crime, like what's happening in Philadelphia. But because of that, there was more people getting fucked up on a regular basis. Yeah. Like people don't get fucked up as regularly in the city. Cause if you fuck somebody up, they might kill you sure. or shoot you. Or sure. Stab that you. is very true. But like, you know, where we grew up, people were, we were constantly oh, yeah. fucking each oh, other yeah, up always. So when you take that mentality, knowing like you can get fucked up at any moment and then you go to a city where you're like, people are fucking people up here. You're mm-hmm. like, fucking I'm ready. I got to stay ready. Yeah. Like I, I, I say this, I do not go into the city. Like if I have an injury or something, Oh I'd no! Never go oh into man, the city if I dude! Can't protect myself. When I blew out my knee, yeah, I felt like prey. It's terrifying. I honestly, <laughs> yeah. I I terrifying. did not feel good. I remember these conversations. Yeah, with you. it yeah. it sucked because I was walking around with a brace, and I remember when I first got the brace where I could like kind of walk and like bend my knee. Mm-hmm. I remember I would put. Like the doctor even told me, he's like, yeah, you put on jeans and put the brace over top. I was like, fuck no. Fuck yeah. no. And he's like, what do you People mean? He's like, you won't this. be able to put pants on. I was like, I'll buy different size pants yeah. because I'm not having a visible like impairment fuck that yeah. ryan would rather have people think he's appropriating black walk uh, serious yeah. i would rather have someone be like look at that dude i don't like that thank you i'll be like yeah <laughs> i'm just like yeah like what's wrong with him i'm like i just have flavor dude you yeah. better back off 
All right, yeah. so so uh, I, I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but we got to move on a little That's bit. That's fine. So, move it on. So yeah. So our next question, I think this would be a fun one for you too. This is a segment called My Bad, and this is where we get to. Oh, by the way, that was your uh, fear chakra. That's your root chakra. That's yeah. in the anus, by the way. Oh wow! Your butthole is wide open now. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Once the butthole is open. And I also talked about being prey. Now I feel yeah. like wild ass prey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Butthole chakra wide open. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So this next uh, this next one, right? This is. Uh, this is uh, what deals with like guilt and stuff like that. So this gives you an mm. opportunity to apologize to any person, place, or thing, any noun. You get to apologize to any noun. Any noun. Yeah, that, that, and the reason for this is to get that negative energy out of you and set your energy back to neutral. That person, place, or thing doesn't have to hear it, of course, but mm-hmm. this is for you to deal with that therapeutically. <clears throat> any noun. Uh, I know exactly what I'll apologize to. Uh, it's actually very, it's actually very personal. Uh, so after my dad died, uh, there wasn't a lot that I was like, like he didn't have a will, you know, he didn't have anything to actually bequeath to any of us. He didn't have anything because most of the stuff that we even wanted me and my younger brother were like, Oh, this, I'll get this. Or like, you know, when he was on hospice, you know, and he was talking about like what we could, he had already sold, traded or given away for drugs. So we didn't have like anything we had a house that was in a state of disrepair and just shit one thing we did have that i had said from the jump even after my grandfather died there was a painting a print uh it's called the helping hand and it's of a a, a male fisherman an older man with a younger girl in a boat and the the girl is trying to like row the boat and like the old man's like looking like oh look at this little shit trying to help me this painting, a print of a painting, had been in my grandfather's house since I was a child. I don't ever remember it not being there. So the day of my dad's funeral, I go to the house and get that. I get this painting that I have wanted, that I have had my eye on, that it was mine. It is my painting. I take it, go to the service, then go to the wake. I drink a lot. I guess is understandable. I don't want to stay in Spring City. I want to go fucking home. So I drunkenly take my painting, take my bag. <laughs> I, I go. Sorry. A drunk guy with a painting just sounds I know. Funny. Just like walking around yeah, drunk. That's honestly what it was. I was a drunk guy walking around with a painting. And like, then I, in that moment, was the painting like super delicate to you and no, you had to like get it home safely? I was, I was hell bent on it. But yeah. I was hammered. And I was like super tired because I'd been up the night before. I got on the Norristown high speed line. Take that all the way to Philadelphia. Those are train tracks, by the way. I was on that. (laughs) Yeah. So then I get on that, and then I get on the mark. I get to 69th Street Station, beautiful station. Get on the train, take it, and I get off. And I get on the next connecting train. And it isn't until I get off at the Snyder stop when I drunkenly realize I got off without the painting. Mm. Oh, man. And it is gone. It's gone, gone. This thing that I looked forward to my entire childhood into my early adult life. And then the only relic I have connecting not only my grandfather, my father, and myself is now gone. And I apologize to this painting that I had worked so hard for (laughs) to try and get because I had then drunkenly forgot it. And in a way, it almost makes me feel that much more morally remiss because now I left a piece of like my lineage 
is now just floating around somewhere. I wonder where it is. I have no idea. In somebody's house somewhere. I've often. So. That thing went to Norristown. Nor- it's in a Norristown. No, no, it was on the 69th Street. So it's in oh, okay. Philadelphia. It's in Philly. Yeah, it's in it Philly. It survived Norristown. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's wild. Wow. Yeah. So I apologize man. for that. That's a moment, man. Yeah, I hope wow. it's appreciated. I hope yeah. it's an, an appreciated piece in someone's house. I mean, I often think about buying another print of it. They're, yeah. They're like, yeah. You can find yeah. them. But it's like, the that not that it's one. not that one. Yeah. Dude, I hope that comes back to you soon. I, I know. Sydney, no shit. No shit. Every now and again, I will go to thrift stores where they sell like just found art. Yeah. And I go through every painting. I would be, it would be my dream come true if somehow this podcast brought that back to you. I would fucking oh my lose my mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would lose my mind. Have and you ever it, talked about that painting before? I. This is like the second time I've ever talked about this okay. situation. We'll take that. On two Jack yeah. Rose, we get a lot I of first like, time stuff, but yeah. we'll take a second time thing. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. only other person I ever told, told was my girlfriend. Because I was just like thinking about it because I saw like somebody walking around with a nice framed painting. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly was like, because I, I saw them earlier that day like, and then like, don't leave that in the train. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to that like it means to, yeah. Yeah. That's, and uh, it was just floating through my mind. And then she's like, what are you thinking about? I was like, you know what I'm thinking about? <laughs> yeah. Just a sad story. Just a sad, dumb fucking thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like a book story. It it's is like a book. the notebook. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like a scene in one of those movies. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I apologize to that. Yeah. I feel like we're only partway through that story. Yeah. So happy well, we'll both. see. We yeah. it might it might continue, yeah. or you might wish you waited a second. Yeah. Because uh, the next question is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what is your favorite painting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, what, uh, what situation? <laughs> oh man, has resulted in you being the most disappointed in yourself, and oh, how did you overcome? Man. It? The most disappointed in myself. Hmm. How did I overcome the most disappointed in myself? When was I the most disappointed in myself? I think the most disappointed in myself as of recently was when I, you know, almost burnt down the Kuiper Pass pub. (laughs) I think that's one of the most. And that was a job you were working at. That was a job I was working at. Yeah. That was a job I was working at. I, it was my first and last closing bartending shift. Oh man! And was like, and I I had been a bar back forever, and then when I blew out my knee, and like I was like trying to get back into working, I told him like, look, you guys wanted a bar back who could move like the way I like. I can't do it anymore. I can't do the same shit I used to. Were you like a legendary? I don't even really know what a bar back was. Were it's you everything. Like a really good. Bar I was back? really good. Okay. Yeah, I was really good. So. So what you, you don't know drinks, about you like get like, it's everything yeah. you have good footwork. Like oh, it's just like you just footwork. what what I've always said about bar backing is like, you know, that's the reason the bar exists. Everything that you see behind a bar that's working smoothly with the bar is because of one or two dudes who are like working really hard to make sure everything is everywhere where it needs to be. Yeah. And it's like also lifting heavy shit all the time. It's doing all the gross shit that it goes on in a bar. It's I appreciate those everything. jobs. Yeah, it's like everything. And, yeah. Ryan, and Ryan is. Uh, I like behind the scene jobs. Yeah. Oh really yeah, it's the backest of the back of house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and when Ryan is a notoriously good worker. Yeah. 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 I believe this. Yeah. Works like a big man. Yeah. <laughs> That's that it is. Like two I work like men. a not short man. Yeah. I, I work like a very tall man. I got a not tall guy work ethic. Yeah, I got that's what it is. I'm a very big and large ethic. Yeah, he's Pretty like sweet. he's like he's like at least a Mexican. Yeah. 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 Oh man. 
I'm an honorary. He's yeah. a Mexican. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm honorary Mexican. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Yeah. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say that uh, that night, uh, yeah, I, I think it's I was most disappointed in myself because I, I, the next morning I was awoken to several different texts and phone calls that like, I was like off that day and I just saw, I was like, whoa. Wait, what'd you, what, so what had happened was, and this is, this is what happened. So I closed, <laughs> I closed with a training barback, this guy named Kyle. Rookie. Mm-hmm. This guy named Kyle and the Cocky barback rookie. and the, Kyle and the bar and the barback, <laughs> the barback training him was named Tom, oh, which Kyle ironically Tom. Tom is my dad's name, or was my dad's name, and Kyle is my brother's name. And I've often come to this conclusion, if Tom, Kyle, and Ryan are in the same room, nothing good can ever happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, kind of, it's a terrible combination yeah. of names. <laughs> so Kyle is training, Tom is training Kyle, and I'm closing as a bartender. It was a Monday night. It was very steady. We did very well with the money. Everything was great. And I'm actually feeling good because like, we had a busy night, and I killed it. I felt really confident in what I was doing. Yeah. Money was good. Tip everybody out. We stay after hours drinking, having a good time. Tom's like, I got to be in here in the morning. I'm getting out of here. I'm like, you do your thing. So Kyle and I stayed fairly late drinking. Now, when we were done getting hammered, I remember I was like, check all the doors. Make sure all the doors are locked. Make sure the bug lights are up. Make sure every all the lights are off. Make sure everything is tied to the drum. Put the fire out. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> see, that was the thing. We have candles and votives. Mm. Now, we got outside of the fucking Kyber, closed the fucking door. Now, the door locks behind me. I don't have a key to that door. It's the main door. The only person who has a key to that door is like the uh, cleaning guy in the morning. So I'm like, and that was another thing too, is like, because that door is super old, you got to make sure that door stays closed. So I'm like making sure it's fucking closed. And then I'm like, hell yeah. All responsible. Like, this is good. And then I look in the window and there is one candle burning with a curtain up. Now, now, that candle is like very, very, very low. Yeah. And there's water in the bottom of the votives as a contingency. If it were to like overburn, it would just put itself out. Yeah, that sounds fine to me. We're good. Yeah. And I looked at that candle and this is what fucks me. Is that I'm on camera acknowledging the candle, yeah. staring at the candle, yeah. then Weighing making, the then making, <laughs> then making the executive decision. Like, you know what? That fucking thing's going to put yeah. itself out. Yeah. Yeah. And guess, guess what did not happen? It went up in flames. What happened was, is the heat built up behind the velvet curtain and then the velvet curtain began, oh. began to smolder. No and way. then it smoldered the whole night and then broke the window from the sill all the way up, which is a huge four hundred dollar pane of glass yeah and then the rush singed, comes in <laughs> then yeah, exactly yeah. and then singed the top of the table that it was on now somebody walked by around six o'clock in the morning saw it and called the fire department yeah. now when the fire department got there they were ready to break down the front door of the kyber now the kyber is one of the oldest bars not only in philadelphia in america yeah if they had broken that door down that door is like priceless and irreplaceable Luckily, at that time, this guy was there, like the cleaning guy was there. He opened it up. He's like, "What the fuck?" And he saw what was going on. They went in, put out the candle. Now, I had almost burnt down this building because that building in Old City is a tinderbox. Yeah. Every building in Old City is made of like the oldest fucking shit in the world. Wood. And on top of that, 
we had just, the Kyber had just done a multi-million dollar renovation oh, to the man. building. Not only that, if the Kyber went up because there are no firewalls because these buildings were built in like 1780. Yeah. Not only did I put my job at risk, I put all the bookkeeping people at risk, which I put all the other adjoining buildings at risk. I could have burnt down more than a city block. And on top of that, we found out later in that year when the building behind Little Lion burnt down, it took out four different buildings. Mm-hmm. And it was like that could have happened a block up. Yeah. yeah. Now, what? so what made you so disappointed? In that I took an incredible job and I ruined it in one fail swoop with drinking. Did you get fired? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it was they had no choice but to fire me. Yeah. And in court, like, that's what I said before earlier. Like, I don't always fuck up on a job. Mm-hmm. But when I do, man, do I fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Man. I fuck up. Yeah. So, yeah, that was one of the most disappointed I'd ever been. Because, like, then it was like, what do I do? Yeah. How do you, how'd you forgive yourself or get over it? I mean, it like, I think it was more like, it. you know, you really do weigh what could have happened. Like, you kind of, like, really look at the what if. Yeah. And then you're like, well, thank God. God, that that fucking shit didn't happen. Yeah, like your job collateral was was the collateral. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing too. Is like, I was more disappointed because I knew I'd be out of a job for a little bit. Yeah, and not just because, not just because I was fired. It was because everybody knew. Yeah. So like, I was unhireable for a little bit. (laughs) Oh my god, they knew who the fuck I was. (laughs) Everyone knew who I was for the wrong fucking reasons. The and guy it, that almost yeah oh god yes yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so like I was super disappointed in myself that was like one of the most disappointed I'd ever been and didn't you end up working at the Kyber again so I and what happened was during the the, the pandemic so whole new staff the whole new well yeah they had a whole new thing and like I think they were hurting so much for people coming back they reapproved me to be hired back at the Kyber and I was like huh. and even even after I'd almost burned it down yeah I was still like welcome there did yeah. they have a fire related nickname oh no 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 but everyone knew who I was that was the yeah. whole thing even the new staff they're like wait you're you're right oh <laughs> that's you <laughs> we've heard about huh. you yeah yeah that's not, that's always not a, that's not a great thing. Is if when you walk into a building and people are like, oh, this guy, yeah. this is the guy who almost burnt down an entire building. You're part of the lore of yeah. the building. Now. That's what yeah. it is. You become a ghost, be- yeah, whether yeah. or not you want it. He became a ghost. That's, he did. What that's why he's not it, afraid yeah. of them. That's why I'm not afraid. <laughs> I became well, a ghost. You're... I was super chubbed up during that fire too. <laughs> yeah. I made sure everyone saw it. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's sick, man. Fantastic. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, Okay, uh, Ryan Shaner, what have you learned from grief? What have I learned from grief? Mm-hmm. That eventually it goes away. I learned that uh, you can't hold on to grief forever. I don't think, and I don't think you should. I think uh, grief is an insane, I mean, uh, though it be, may be traumatic uh, and at the time detrimental, I think it's an insane teaching tool. It teaches you more about yourself. Uh, I've learned that grief will eventually go away. You eventually, you have two choices with grief because grief just plants a seed in your head and you have two choices with that seed because it's going to have to get watered with either information you get from somebody else or information you give yourself. So you have two choices with that seed. You can either let it bear forth fruit of bullshit and regret or you can let it bear forth 
fruit of enlightenment and like moving forward. So I think the biggest thing I've learned from grief is just that it will pass and you'll get over it. I think that's uh, that I don't think there's any other emotion that you are so aware of your choice of how you process this emotion oh, yeah. as grief. Oh, yeah. You have to. And I think you have to be. Yeah. I think that's even the worst part now is like. I, I would say so like this is what this is seven, eight, eight months of me not drinking mm-hmm. this is the longest I've ever been sober in my adult life. And I think it's more like. Things that I used like when I when I would would be grieving, especially when my dad died, when my cat was put to sleep during the pandemic, I drank through all of that. And now it's like, I've been eight months. So sometimes I think about it. I'm like, I don't even think I processed it the right way. I don't even think I got through it the way I should have, or a good way, or even like, you know, even a constructive way. So like now it's like those feelings or those thoughts are coming back and you're just like, I don't even know what to do with these. You Mm -hmm. feel like very, you have to ha- hang on to what you thought you learned too. You have to be like, I, I know this will go away. I know I'll get by this. I'll know I'll get through it. But like now I have to do it in a different way. I think that's yeah. what I, yeah. I think the thing is now just learning how I, I think, don't know like, how. So I lost my mom like, um, eight months ago, I think. Oh, and, um, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like, even like, like I didn't drink a lot through the, but I still feel like sometimes you go back to like day one and like what you're saying oh, yeah. about like, you have to remember like, like, it's like, I've been here before. I can move forward. Like, sure. things are okay. You know, like, you have go through all of it. Like, it just feels like day one sometimes. Yeah. Again. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what we've been learning, too, not only with uh, Ansley going through the process of dealing with her mother, but us going through the process of doing this podcast is that grief is cyclical. Yeah. You know, so learning that you can that it ends and that you can get through it is important because it's going to come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know? it goes back to what you said earlier about, like, when you're talking about fear, like that you have to accept of what course. you're going through, right? Of course. And you have to accept that grief is going to, it's going to happen. It's going to come. And it's like, I think it, I would say grief, some grief will put more scar tissue on than other grief. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think it's also like, you're not going to grieve. I mean, you may, who knows, you may see a dead squirrel and be like, man, I feel real bad. And How then, is it like when you drive by like deer that are like in 10 pieces and you're like, yeah. Huh, that barely affected me. That's well, such a weird like. I honestly, whenever I see deer on the side of the road, I believe that the deer made the choice to do that. I think in my head, I'm like, that deer was just real sad one day. Yeah. And was like, I'm done. I think that was a conscious effort on the deer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you see that and you're like, oh, I feel bad. But then you immediately are like, oh, I still have to go to work. You're yeah. not going to grieve the same way you do for like, you know, a, a coworker. And you're not going to grieve the same way for a coworker you will like for a family member and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I think it's the level of grief will put a, a scar or like scar tissue on you and it'll toughen you up. And sometimes as much as you say, you're like, you know, I've learned that you will get over it. But there are people I know that like some people just never get over it. And yeah. I don't and I and I don't expect I'm not like you need to get over it. But it's also like, what do you do now? Do you yeah. let this? Do you let this grief control your whole life now? I don't know if that's what someone who had died would really want you to do. Mm-hmm. To take on the to take on the death. fuck it, the old yeah. thing. That's there's if you really believe that, 
if you really believe someone died and they're like, well, fuck, I hope your life's fucked forever. Yeah. That's a crazy fucking yeah. thing. That's a cloak. That's like yeah, you're that's a cloak for the rest yeah. of your life. And if somebody does do that, if someone's last words is like, you better remember this forever. That's fucking <laughs> part of me. Sydney's last words. I part know. of me. Yeah, fuck, yeah. That part of me, that's fucking no awesome. Step we, uh, yep. Yeah. No <laughs> <step>. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> that's not the, that he'll be the chubbed ghost coming out. Yeah. Like, why is that ghost got a boner? <laughs> yeah, you know why. <laughs> Get away from my woman. <laughs> yeah. You better watch that boner ghost dad, dude. He's coming at you. Boner ghost <laughs> boner dad. Ghost dad. Next Could you imagine be, that? That yeah. would terrify. <laughs> boner ghost dad. Yeah. Could you imagine your kids be like, "Don't go upstairs. My dad haunts the building." Why? Wow. He's also got a boner the whole time. It's really weird <laughs> running into my dad as ghost. He's well, constantly. Whichever around. one bothers you the most, don't yeah. go up there for that reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. just, just pick one. Yeah. Don't go up. Just there. don't go up there. Trust. You're me. either gonna see a ghost. Ghost with a boner. It's gonna hit, hit you Listen, either way. He has a boner, and it's very. He's, it's gonna be a very boner heavy yeah. situation. Okay, you gotta know this. That ghost um, was rock hard, dude. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you again for sharing yeah, that. No problem. And, um, all right. So this is this is uh, the one after. This is our throat chakra. That was the heart chakra. That was the hard one, by the way. Fantastic. And uh, so we're into the throat chakra. So uh, this one is an opportunity for you to tell us and and just like dispel yourself of your favorite lie. And the, your favorite, favorite lie, lie you've ever told, and you get extra karmic points, of course, if it's a lie that is currently in rotation. Oh, man. So that's that's funny, man. There's, I guess it would be it currently, and it also does involve death. Uh, so when I worked at Kyber, mm-hmm. one of my favorite pastimes was lying to the patron. Just lying about anything. Lying about anything you could lie about. And this one thing I did is I would make t-shirts that were like, very mundane until you read them and you're like, what the fuck is that about? Mm-hmm. And one thing I had, it was McGinlin's baby casket warehouse <laughs> is what it said on the shirt. <laughs> okay. McGinlin's baby casket warehouse. And then it was like an insignia of like a baby sitting on a moon. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I didn't, it, it wasn't like blaringly loud. It wasn't like in your face. It was like subtle enough where like you'd see it. You just think it was a normal shirt. Yeah. But if you sat down behind the bar and you're drinking, you look up, you're like, McGin-. there would be times to be wearing it. And people would be like, McGinlin's baby casket warehouse. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Weirdest job I ever had. Weirdest job <laughs> I ever had. And they're like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, oh, so it's crazy. And this is this is the backstory that goes with it. Yeah. In 1962, Roy McGinlin. <laughs> Roy. Roy McGinlin. Roy McGinlin's sister gave birth to two twins, and then later that year, they had died of the influenza. They had died. She was grief-stricken, and Roy, being a master craftsman that he was, he was a woodworker and a carpenter, he built her two child-sized caskets. Ironically enough, later that year, someone in town in Langhorn lost their son to a car accident. Now, Roy was very good friends with these family and like the grief stricken family you know didn't know what to do he made them a casket for their son and then for whatever reason Roy just continued to just do this in a hobby he would make these one of a kind wooden caskets he did this up until the 80s into the 90s and then he died in 1992 and his son Roy Jr. took over and they have a, a warehouse outside of Langhorn so basically what I did there is I worked in the front end of the office 
And when anybody would come in and usually you're not even dealing with the family, you're dealing with like a lawyer or someone representing the family. They come in and they say what's going on and they just make caskets all day. Like there's not, there's just like different sizes, different shapes, different like types of wood. Some are made of like, you know, rarer wood. Some are more expensive. But the thing is too, with McGinley's baby casket warehouse, if you can't pay, they don't like, they find a way to like give you a casket. If you go to McGinley's baby casket warehouse, they find a way to give it to you. And the crazy part is Roy Jr. was just as an amazing woodworker as Roy Sr. And one day, one of the craziest things I ever saw, somebody came in, their son had died in a, I think he drowned in a pool. And they had a picture of their son. And like, can you carve a relief of the son on top of the casket? Like there's a picture of him in grade school. And in 72 hours, Roy had done this amazing woodworking on top of this casket. And it was the, one of the craziest jobs. It was like really creepy there working at night because you're surrounded by baby caskets. But it was one of the weirdest jobs I ever had. This is all fake. Yeah, this yeah, is a yeah. fictitious story. <laughs> but people would be like, that is amazing. I'm like, I know. It's like for $9 an hour. Are you kidding me? It's like I had to be there for like ever. It was out of control. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. That was a good lie. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one that was really good that I, I can't believe this happened. I was working. A guy asked me. He's like, hey. Do you, you look pretty, you go to a gym? And I was like, ah, no, no, I don't go to a gym. But when I was younger, I used to be a child bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, yeah, actually, it was crazy. My dad, he was a bodybuilder in Florida. And my mom went to Florida State. They met. And then my grandmother ended up getting sick. So they moved back to Pennsylvania. They got married. They had me. My dad like wasn't in the sports, but he's still doing it. But like he had no real outlet in Pennsylvania. But he got me into it, and we had to go to Rehoboth. We had to go to like you know Maryland, the Outer Banks, and even Florida and compete. And then in, <laughs> he was like, in, "Motherfucker in, went to Rehoboth." Yeah. I know Rehoboth. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Damn. But <laughs> this is compete. Okay, this, this is legit. <laughs> this is the craziest thing though, is that I was like, yeah, we I competed at like you know eight years old in hollywood florida and then i got flown i com- i competed and i qualified i went to venice beach california and i competed against ryan gosling before <laughs> before he was on the mickey mouse club and the guy goes i remember that <laughs> no you don't you just heard a part that you recognize he's like i totally remember ryan gosling bodybuilding yeah. and he competed in venice beach like no you don't no but those yeah. are the two best lies. Those are the two fav- are my favorite guys. lies. Yeah, those are pretty detailed lies. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have them yeah. be ridiculous. Well, when you get an opportunity to like re- to like to like open mic the lies, like oh with customers, yeah, you know? dude, it's so good. And you send them away with like whatever. The one time I also would show up to work and I'd have like I had a black eye a couple times at Kyber. Actually, I had, <laughs> I had uh, six in four years. I had six black eyes in four <laughs> years. And the one time I had a black guy, someone asked me what had happened. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a bouncer at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and they're like, what? I was like, in North Philly, man, it's crazy up there. And they're like, the kids? I'm like, actually, it's the parents. You got to watch out for It's like sometimes I'll have birthday parties up there and somebody isn't invited and they just show up and they fuck throw hands. It's believable. I yeah, know. That's, that's, that's yeah. the whole thing. People are like, that's insane, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking out of control. So I don't go up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, hey, you better watch it. It's fucking great. All right, so those are so that was our throat chakra. Those are Ryan's <laughs> lies. Man, I'm feeling very chakra. Right? Yeah, right. Good. Uh, so now uh, those are like the, uh, the 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 body chakras, I guess. Cool. This is these are now the those are the physical chakras. Now we're into the metaphysical chakras. Now we're getting into the third eye. 
Oh, man. It's third eye time. Dude, right? third eye. Yeah, so. Step out from that ledge, dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ryan, Ryan Shaner, in your time being alive. <laughs> <laughs> in your time being alive, Ryan, what are some things that you noticed that uh, seem separate but are actually the same? Like, what comes to your mind when I say that? Seems separate but actually the same. Uh, certain levels of, uh, extremism on both sides of the map. Extremism is all the same. Like, I think it's, uh, like when you get down to the nuts and bolts, bolts of it, nationalistic extremism is the same as like religious extremism. It's the same fucking thing. You're just all taking one thing and taking it to a different level. And I think it's like people who are like, oh, these people believe in this and like, you know, like, but we, it's like, it's all the same crap. Religion is also all the same for the most part. Yeah. Especially when we get down to the nuts and bolts of it. And I think when people talk about like, you know, like, oh, well, these, these Muslim men, you know, they, they go after the women. Like, well, they do the same thing that like, you know, extreme Orthodox Jews do it. The extreme Orthodox Catholics (laughs) do the same thing. It's all the same type of thing. What what, ex- what extreme groups do you think are out there having the most fun? The most fun? Yeah. Oh, man. That's actually a great question. Extreme couponers are probably having the most <laughs> fun. Wait, <laughs> so you, but you also do liken extreme couponers to Al-Qaeda? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. They're blowing up stores with savings, dude. They're getting in there. <laughs> They're taking it down. Yeah. They're playing... Uh, no, I I, I, I often I, think about making a delve into extreme couponing. Really? Yeah, I feel like I would get too obsessed. That's that's why it's extreme couponing. Yeah. They they look for people like you. You're like the extreme coupon. You're like a perfect member for a cult, man. I like, think so. Honestly, I got a if, if if you <laughs> if you're like you know what, I just want to get super extreme into something with like a real big cause, dude. Yeah, you're right there. But couponing may be the way. You know, you could probably get like a like a really nice pool for like five bucks. If you coupon enough, if you really extreme coupon enough. Well, I mean, I, I feel like with the, all the savings that you get with the things that you do coupon, you could probably fucking get a pool. Get a you probably, pool, you probably you know could. What I, mean? I mean, that was the show. Wasn't that on like fucking TLC or something? Extreme couponers mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. there was a lady with like almost like baseball card books full of fucking yeah. coupons. And it's yeah. like they go grocery shopping and pay like two dollars a whole card of groceries. Uh, to it's me, wild. that's I mean good on you but like i don't understand how anybody does that but that to me is the same thing of somebody like really going through the bible and like really trying to interpret everything about it they have a level of dedication that i'll never have to anything yeah it's just just like a different kind of discount you're trying to get sure you're trying to discount yourself into heaven yeah and these people are trying to discount themselves to bagels man they're trying to get every discount they can do you think you could buy do you think you'd be able to like do you think hypothetically what do you think you could do to like negotiate your way into heaven? What do you think? What do you what do you think? Break the gates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using the Ryan Shader. Yeah, you're just gonna run right into now. it. Just break it. Just run it. I'll break in. Break what, what, what are they made out of? <laughs> what, that, what that copper? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I mean, I've said I think uh, a buddy of mine was talking about like, you know. He was saying, like, if he ever got sent to hell, he's like, yeah, I'll just escape hell. I'd probably like, parkour my way out of hell. He's like, yeah, I can probably <laughs> just escape hell. And the re- and he said it. He's like, dude, he's like, you don't think in hell right now, if hell exists, in hell right now, there isn't 
three people waiting around for the fourth member of a crew. They're like, yeah, we got to get out of here, but like, we don't know who's going to. And then you die, you go to hell. They're like, you, do you want to get out of here? Yeah. And like, yeah. Well, we now have four people. We're getting out of hell. I guarantee there's like just groups of things in hell. Like, I want to escape hell. I got to get out of hell. I really feel like in hell, I'd be a lone wolf. Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> myself. <laughs> I'd Ryan's be like, like they're all waiting for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we need that one guy. Yeah. You show up to hell with a crew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we pass yeah. you on the highway to hell. And you're like, I'm trying to get out. Like you could have got in the van, dude. But like, you just I, wanted to do it yourself. That's fine. We're Respect. like we're like opposites. Like when I show up to hell, I'm like Ryan Shane or walking down the street. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> People are like, leave that dude alone. <laughs> that's a, you know what? That's the best way to be in hell too. Yeah. It's like just look like, oh, what are you a demon? <laughs> Fucking millennia year old. Whatever, dude. I fight bums sometimes. Get out of here. I'll kill you, or maybe I will. I have no idea. All right. Yeah. All right. So I like I like that answer. Ex- extremism on both sides. Yeah. I, I like think it's it. the same thing. Okay. So this is this is the last question uh-huh. that we do on the podcast. And uh, so this is. Uh, oh, oh, we also have a Patreon. Do you have time to stick around for a Patreon? It goes much faster than this. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's uh. So uh, Ryan, this is our last question. Fantastic. It's, uh, what something that you can't give up? What is something that one thing that you can't give up, and why? Man. It's a two part question. Uh, and what would giving that up mean to you? Something I can't give up. And why? And what would it mean? Man, that's a real fucking curveball. I'm usually quick with the answers. Uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's, that's probably the hardest thing, uh, what I can't give up. Because I think about, like, everything is almost, like, finite. You know, I know it's all eventually going to go away anyway. Mm-hmm. And I know that like as I've gotten older and it kind of sucks, the older I've gotten, the more of like a nihilist I've almost become. Like I don't care about a lot anymore because I know it's all eventually going to go away. So like what can I give up and how would it affect me? Man. I mean, it doesn't have to be something physical. It can be something metaphysical. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to think. Uh Man, once that painting went away. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. But like, again, it was like one of those things like, well, yeah, I, that's the thing. I was really bummed. But then I was also like, I can find it online. Yeah. I can find another version of it. I'll be all right. I'll get past it. What can I give up? I can't give up on love, dude. There it is. <laughs> I can't. I can't give up on there love. Didn't see that coming. I can't give up on love. No, I can't. I can't because I think... Uh, you can't like, I mean, I'm a person. I think that's another thing. It's like, I'm a very, I've been told by a lot of people that I'm a very intense person. What? You? Yeah. I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I'm told. <Wow. laughs> and I don't, and the thing is like, I don't usually see, I'm like, I'm not that fucking bad. <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? Those people are losers. Ron. Yeah. I was like, what are you? They're bullies. <laughs> they're jealous. You two sit around and talk <laughs> about this. What the fuck are your problems? <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. Do people say that to me too? They're dumb. I don't yeah. know what the yeah. fuck their problem is. Yeah, I, know, I know those people. I, I, uh, I would say that, uh, especially like, you know, I, yeah, I can't give up on it because like uh, I know that I hate a lot of things and I'm a person who hates as hard as I love. So I can't give up on it. I can't give up on the idea of being accepted. I can't be, give up on the idea. Not that like people will like in my head. It's like I know there's somebody out there who will get who I am and make me a better person. And I can't give up on that idea as much as 
I believe that I can do it. I also believe a yin and a yang in a sort of way. I believe there is something out there for everybody to make them be the person they're supposed to be. I can't give up on that ideology. I can't give up on the love for that ideology. I can't give up on love either, whether it become from in yourself or from somebody the fuck else. I think you have to, if you can hold on to anything, it's got to be that. Don't get me wrong. Always hold on to hate. Hate's awesome. I get hate a lot. But I also think that like if you have one, you got to have the other. And I can't give up on that. Yeah. That was a way gayer answer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's super gay. Yeah. The whole time I'm saying it, I'm like, man, I, I fucking. Yeah. I felt, I felt myself getting gay. I thought, I thought you were going to be like, I can't give up on my knives. No, you know, like no, my, no. My I mean, it's knuckles. also. It, the part of me was like, I honestly said, I was like, oh, I'm really quick. I was like, I can't give up on Robocop. <laughs> I can't. I will never give up on Robocop. Everyone, t- some people talk shit on it. I was like, it's a per- one of the perfect movies ever made. It's an amazing movie. I can't yeah. give up on Robocop. And I can't give up on love, dude. I can't give up on love or Robocop. Or Streets of Rage, too. Nobody can. Nobody <laughs> can't give that's, up on uh, that. That's our dog right now acting like a fucking maniac. Just keeping us reason. safe. Yeah. It's a double doodle, man. Yeah. I never yeah. met a double doodle. She's down there like, why is she's he being gay now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They sense the gayness, dude. Yeah. yeah. Dogs always know. They always yeah. know. It's not gonna work. work. She hates knocking. Yeah, knocking needs to bark more. Well, we're at the end of the podcast. Well, fantastic. So, uh, Ryan, how do you feel, man? I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. I feel like I purged a lot. You know, got a lot out me. Opened up some chakras. Dog knows the chakras (laughs) are open. Dog is feeling. Dog is feeling the chakra open. (laughs) Especially from my butthole. It's super gay now. It's super open. Fuck man. She's trying to get in. Yeah, that's what it is. That golden dude's trying to find my dudes, dude. All right. So uh, Ansley's gonna go shut our dog up. Shut but, that uh, goddamn dog. Up. I don't want to speak for her, but I feel I feel a little more enlightened after that. I do feel you? like, dude, this is a this is a this is a fun process, man. It is like you let a person come here and unfold themselves. Yeah, it was nice. It know? was nice. It's uh, yeah, we have we have a good time. I felt good so, about it. Yeah, so we're gonna break, and I think the dog is biting Ansley now. <laughs> <laughs> She's like trying to like keep it cool. Yeah, like she comes back like, very bloody. I just she had a lot going like, on. Let's close up this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to hop into the Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We love you guys. Ryan Shannon, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, check out You Fucked It uh, at YFI on Twitter and uh, on YouTube. Uh, YFI podcast. Check it out. Hell yeah. We'll have all that stuff in the info, the description in the podcast. And uh Thank you so much for listening to Two Jack Bros. Get on the Patreon. One dollar gets you all of our exclusive content. And we will be there enlightening Ryan Shander's shadow self right now. Fantastic. All right. Uh, wait, is Anson coming back? Wait, hold on. Nope. Nope. I, she's out. She's... Is she talking to the dog? I don't know what she's doing. I think she's like talking to her. Talking to her. Yeah, yeah. she right, is. I can do this. I can go back in there. Like, like nothing happened. <laughs> all right. And we're saying bye right now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Shake got you.